It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked 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 On. All right, everybody, welcome in to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, here with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty. And occasionally, uh, you and I meet on the Locked On NFL Podcast as well uh so let's start off uh i guess let's let's start off with talking a little bit about the cowboys so do we have to uh, i mean do we have to can we just skip past them (laughs) i would i too would like to skip past no well here's the thing the vikings are like capable of losing to anyone so this is absolutely like a game worth covering this is not going to be some foregone conclusion just because it's been rough for the cowboys but it has been rough for the cowboys Mm. uh we have andy dalton is going to start this game and he even he might be like a blessing after the like Ben Danucci nightmares, uh, but he just came off the COVID nineteen list, so he's good to go. Um, but I guess yeah, I mean, catch me up on what happened between the Cowboys supposedly being the favorites in the NFC East to whatever we're looking at now. Yeah, so obviously the Dak Prescott injury just looms over this team, and I think even if you just had Dak Prescott and everything else that was going on, I think this is still potentially a playoff team, especially in the NFC East where. Five wins is probably going to get you in in the NFC East. But no, it's it's just been a terrible year for injuries. Not only did they lose Prescott, they've lost both their offensive tackles. They've actually lost two other offensive tackles, so they're down to their fifth and sixth string offensive tackles. Uh, they've had a bunch of other injuries, including Blake Jarwin and Leighton Vanderesh, and now Trevon Diggs, Gerald McCoy early in the season. So this is nothing like we anticipated in the offseason where this team was going to have talent, you know, at all positions. Uh, you know, they're at a point where like 50 to 60% of their salary cap is on the injured reserve list. And that oh, is goodness. just insane. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really seeing a pretty banged up squad here, but credit to Mike McCarthy over the last couple of weeks, his team has been much more competitive. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that after a bye week, after a chance to reset a little bit, it wouldn't be all that surprising if they're competitive in this game. Yeah, and well, the Vikings are pretty familiar with games against uh, Mike McCarthy, so that's an interesting, fun little rekindling of the rivalry. But I guess let's get a little bit more uh, nitty-gritty here. Uh, with the defense of the Cowboys, that was a defense that I looked at preseason. I was all over that defense. Oh, my goodness, Jalen Smith and Leighton mm-hmm. Vander Esch and maybe, you know, however many games you get out of Sean Lee and look at the defensive line. You know, they had picked up Griffin. They had, uh, obviously, uh, D-Law. And, and Randy Gregory yeah. and yeah, Alden Smith. I mean, he had a lot of talent for sure. Yeah, and so I guess is it a matter of as many of those people that have been hurt – but there are still plenty of those players in there. Is it because like the secondary was kind of the 
the Achilles heel there? Is it because of underperformances, like with guys like Jalen Smith and Everson Griffin, who ends up getting traded? Um, I, what's to blame here? So there's a couple of different ways that we can look at it. The first being when the Cowboys built this defense over the last couple of years, they really build it with the idea that they're going to be a team that's going to score a bunch of points on offense. And this is going to be a team that can just get up the field, rush the passer and be aggressive on defense and get takeaways. Okay. And that's fine. But when you're now suddenly having to play a different style of offense, because there's no Dak Prescott and you need to rely on these guys to stop the run, uh, it becomes a problem. And they just don't have the guys in the interior defensive line uh, to stop the run. Here's a little fun fact for you, Luke. Since 2007, the Cowboys have taken a grand total of five interior defensive linemen, three of which have been a seventh round pick. So they have just not invested into the interior defensive line at all. They got a couple injuries early in the season with Gerald McCoy and Tristan Hill. And now they are literally starting guys off the street in that spot. Uh, the cornerbacks have been injured. Chidobi Wuzier is actually going to be returning in this game uh, for the first time since week two. As I mentioned, Trevon Diggs is out for probably the year. Uh, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown have both missed time. So it's just a combination of you know poor game scripts for them this season, uh, poor planning long-term, and then obviously some injuries this year. Well, maybe it'll be more fun to talk about the offensive side of the ball because at least there's a, some fun it's stuff. It's not. I promise there. it's not. It's really <laughs> oh, not. No. Uh, I, hey, CeeDee Lamb is fun, right? He is fun. <laughs> there's, okay. there, there's, there's fun wide receivers and stuff. I, I think Amari Cooper still Amari Cooper, you know, and the quarterback situation is what it sure. is there. But I guess if you are Mike Zimmer, your defensive coordinator, and you look at this offense and, you know, the Cowboys have had this famous offensive line forever. I, I actually don't know if they are that good this year or if it's another thing that's fallen off. Um, but, you know, you have... Andy Dalton throwing to a guy like CD lamb good. I would say good receivers. And then you of course got the Ezekiel Elliott run game. What's the move to prepare for that? Like how, how would you approach the, the Dallas offense from an opposing point of view? Yeah. So the Cowboys offensive line is pretty weak right now. Zach Martin is still an absolute stud, maybe playing the best football of his career outside of that. Cam Irving is the team's left tackle right now, and I'm sure all your listeners know how bad Cam Irving is, but he legit might be their second-best offensive lineman right now considering all the injuries they have had. So the way to attack Dallas is pretty simple right now. Rush with your front four and then drop everybody else in coverage because you're going to get pressure, whether it's Cam Irving on the left side, Terrence Steele on the right side, you should be able to win those individual matchups, put everybody else back in coverage to stop, to stop CeeDee Lamb and uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and you should have success. Now, I will say uh, the Cowboys have done a pretty good job in the last couple of weeks trying to keep teams off balance, uh, not running as much on first down to, to try to you know run some screens or trick plays. So you do have to be a little prepared for that. Um, but again, it's really going to come down to the trenches. And I think Mike Zimmer has traditionally been a, a, you know, a guy that doesn't blitz a lot. I think that'll play into his hands and his strengths this week. That makes a bunch of sense. I can't wait to dive, uh, dive further into it for, for future things. Uh, but Hey, I, I bet you have some questions about the Vikings that I would be happy to answer. So when we come back, we are going to do that. So stick around. All right, we are back with Luke from Locked On Vikings to talk about this Vikings team that actually has a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, after that win on, uh, on Monday Night Football, it's not impossible that this team makes the playoffs, right, Luke? 
Yeah, no, they, they're back into a, I don't think they're above like 50% odds to make the playoffs, but they're back in a conversation where it's not that like negative less than 1%. Like it's, they're part of the conversation. They're maybe the last team in the conversation, but they're in the conversation. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about the offense because I think this is the most fascinating to me. Um, I, I don't know how this happened, but you guys might have the, the best wide receiver duo in the NFL right now with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, how big of a revelation has Justin Jefferson been for the Vikings this year? Yeah, I, I don't know about best duo in the league. I, I'd have to look further into it because I know there was always a lot of debate when it was Diggs and Thielen with like Godwin and Evans and stuff like that. So I, I would want to look more into that. But that's actually really interesting. <laughs> I kind of want to think about that more. But Jefferson's been incredible. Uh, he's been able to win in a versatile amount of ways. I, I, a lot of times when you get a rookie that like really breaks out, then they'll fall off later in the season because you realize it's just kind of like one trick that they had. That's kind of what happened with like Cordero Patterson. He did got a couple of uh, really cool gadget plays and some kickoff returns early in his career and then people kind of figured out that that was the only way he could be successful and he fell off and now he's you know a backup running back and a kickoff returner in Chicago um and that's not happening with Justin Jefferson he is winning on different routes he's winning inside and outside that was a thing for him in the draft was that he was like only a slot because LSU chose to put him in the slot primarily because they were chasing mismatches but they could have put him outside if they wanted to they just always there was just always a, a some weak nickel corner somebody's nickel corner up against justin jefferson and they could absolutely feast off of that um and the vikings have kind of done the same thing although they've done plenty of slot stuff with adam thielen as well um but yeah i mean he's just like good at every part of it he can release off the line which was supposed to be a thing that was actually kind of scary he's been fantastic there his routes have been absolutely divine and artful i mean teach tape routes um, and he's won a few contested catches as well. So it's, it's very Adam Thielen-esque where there's just no weak point in his game right now. So, I mean, again, we're only, what, 10 weeks, 11 weeks into the season. You taking Justin Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb? I mean, I know this is a, these are oh, yeah. two of the best rookie receivers. That's an oh, yeah, for you. Not even close? Uh, with, with the benefit of hindsight, Sure. Never would have. I was, I remember sitting on draft day thinking, oh my goodness, are they going to let CD lamb fall to the Vikings? And, you know, thinking like, wow, that'd be crazy if that happened, the Cowboys take him. And then, but that actually ends up pushing Justin Jefferson far enough down the board that, that we got him. Um, uh, CD lamb's been awesome. I think he's the only person, the only rookie that I think has a genuine case to be like the best rookie receiver outside of Jefferson. But I, I Jefferson's put up like 500 yard games. He leads the league in yards per route run. It's really, really difficult to make the case for me that you would like if, if you, the Cowboys offered CD lamb for Justin Jefferson straight up, uh, I, I, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. It's probably one of those things where neither team is trading away their guy because they they've already produced in their system. But just oh, want to sure. remind those Cowboy fans out there that are listening to this and Shaking their head. CeeDee Lamb, first five games of the season with with a, with a Dak Prescott, he was on pace for like 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns. So let's let's just all relax a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins, uh, Luke, because it seems like every week <laughs> – well, I'm going to say, every, it seems like every week uh, the, the, the conversation changes about Kirk Cousins. Some weeks uh, we have some conversations on Twitter about is he better than Aaron Rodgers? I know that was a – conversation over the offseason uh then other weeks it's okay well who are we trading up for the draft so talk to me about where we're at with Kirk Cousins right now yeah in the offseason I was all over those Cousins is better than Rogers but it was a hundred percent just to troll Peter Bukowski at Blocked on yeah. Packers yeah, I really just to, wanted to do it shout to, out to, to Ben Baldwin for all that for <laughs> yeah. all that help yeah <laughs> yeah no uh so 
this is the the world of Kirk Cousins, right? He will be an MVP candidate one day, one day and so, and he's streaky too, so he'll do these games. Right now he's in game manager mode. There's like kind of three Kirk Cousins mode. There's there's Kirk Cousins throws away the game where he forgets how to play quarterback and he throws dumb interceptions and he gets strip sacked and he drops snaps and stuff and uh, he just does these baffling things that totally ruin the game. Uh, that was the first six games we had bad Kirk. I, I yeah. call him Kurt because Jay Gruden called him Kurt once. Yeah, and it was Kurt really funny. Cousins. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, we don't, we're, we're out of Kurt, but we're into game manager Kirk now where he's so afraid of those mistakes that he's like dialed the crazy all the way back from 10 to zero. But now he's declining a lot of uh, chances and a lot of riskier throws. It's working out okay because the run game's going well and, you know, the Bears game was kind of weird. Um, and, and it's working out okay. Eventually they're going to have to ask him to take more chances. But right now I, he's still kind of, they're still kind of uh, letting him settle down. And he's playing a very, very conservative deal the balls, eight different receivers kind of game. And then sometimes you get these streaks where he's white hot and he puts up, you know, 450 yards and four touchdowns and it's, and he looks like mm. an incredible quarterback. There was a lot more of that third one in 2019. We haven't really seen that this year, uh, but you really can't ever guess which one you're going to get on a given week. No. And traditionally or historically cousins has not played very well against the Cowboys. Now he was good last year in the game, the Cowboys Vikings game, which I hope this one is as good as that one was. Cause that was a lot that of fun. Awesome game. Yeah. Yeah, that was the game that really got Jason Garrett fired, which I will always remember fondly because of yeah. telling Tavon to call for a fair catch. I'm not still bitter about that game, but I'm bitter. It is about, what it is. I, I was like mad about that. I was like, what are you doing, Jason Garrett? Yeah, it's whatever. It's Jason Garrett. Um, yeah, so uh, I want to talk about the defense here, Luke, really quickly. Uh, gone is Daniil Hunter and no Everson Griffin, obviously, anymore. And it just doesn't seem like this defense has a lot of blue chippers. Uh, Harrison Smith is still really good. Eric Kendricks is really good. Give Cowboy fans one under the radar guy we have to watch in this game. And please tell me it's Hercules Mata'afa. It's absolutely Hercules Mata'afa. Yep, yep. Washington State (laughs) defensive tackle. Okay, so they moved him to edge. And that's been the big thing. So he was, for people who don't know, he was a, like a 250 pound nose tackle, like this tiny guy at nose tackle, but he was crazy quick. So the idea was that he would be able to be quick and like penetrate past centers and stuff. That didn't work out great. He got kind of benched. Uh, fun, he was a healthy scratch down the back half of last season. He ends up actually getting cut earlier this year. Um, and we actually did so a whole he, show on him on Lockdown Cowboys. Why the Cowboys should sign him. Uh, it, it would have been a good idea, honestly, because he's so then they moved him to edge, which I think his size and his quickness, he's gained a bunch of weight since he, since the draft too. So now he's like a 280 pound edge and he's pretty quick and like that's working out. It's not necessarily, it wouldn't have been an intuitive move before, but it is working out great now. And he's been uh, getting penetration. He's getting all kinds of production. And um, the other thing you have to kind of uh, watch for, I, I, I mean, you, I guess you have to watch Eric Wilson. He's maybe the most interesting player on the team. He's the, the backup linebacker backing up Anthony Barr is out with the torn peck. Um, and he's like been the beneficiary of a gajillion unblocked sacks and like tipped interceptions. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But he's also made some plays himself. He's to me, he's a, a very, a, a pretty good coverage linebacker and really exploitable run defense linebacker. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you're looking for something to the, the Cowboys can exploit here. Um, run outside zone toward Eric Wilson there's a decent enough chance he'll screw up the gaps. He'll get production. And Jeff Gladney's probably the guy that the Cowboys want to target in the passing game, right? Gladney's playing out of the if slot. slot. Yeah. Well, we do. We got CD Lamb. He's all right. Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. He's the yeah, slot. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, we'll be good. Those are some good uh, old Big 12 matchups. So that should be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, they have backups playing outside corner as well. They have Chris Jones, who they brought in off the street. Not that Chris Jones. Um, and they have Chris Boyd, who was a seventh round pick last year. Um, also, like those are their starting two corners. And those guys have been playing better than you'd expect for their pedigree. But it's still like very exploitable if you can find if you can get these corners one-on-one which the vikings have basically designed their entire scheme around not letting that happen but if you can get that take it yeah it's going to be interesting to see if andy dalton can take advantage down the field it's not typically a strength throwing the ball outside the numbers it's why i think you know cd lamb and dalton schultz could have a big game uh really quickly luke before we head out uh, do you got a score prediction for me? It's one of my favorite things to do on the show is to ask the uh, the crossover guys to who they think is going to win. Uh, what do you think about this one? I usually like to do it uh, on the spread. I think right now the Vikings are over a touchdown favorite, which I think is way too much. I think the Vikings are more capable to to throw away this game. And I, I, I don't like the way that the Cowboys match up. Like, I, I think that, like, CeeDee Lamb against Jeff Gladney, like, I do not like that matchup. And I, I don't really like some of the matchups on defense as well. You know, Jalen Smith, as much as he's struggled, the type of, of linebacker he is is kind of the type of linebacker that tends to be good against these zone schemes. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy's gotten Zimmer's number a few times in the past. So I would say I, – I still think the Vikings can win just because I don't believe in Dalton very much, but I would say that the Cowboys cover. Yeah, so Dallas right now, depending on the sports book, plus seven. Some places it's up to plus seven and a half. Uh, that's some pretty good value. So I, I, I think I agree with you there. I still like the Vikings to win. Um, all right, Luke, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, the, my show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I'm just tell my people where you can find where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Every day we do a Locked On Cowboys podcast and then Locked On Dynasty, a new show where we cover all the things you need to know about Dynasty football. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. Yeah, and you can also find both of us uh, on Locked On NFL on Tuesdays. There's a Locked On NFL every single day and Tuesday's a fantasy day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.